Hi, welcome to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. My name's Cheyenne. And I'm Gina. And class is now in session. We have another guest with us today. Rivka, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Tell everyone, you know, what you're all about. Hi, I'm Rivka Reyes, they, she, or like anything said with respect. <laughs> I'm a Leo sun, a Scorpio rising, and an Aries moon, and a Virgo Venus, and a Mercury Leo, and a, <laughs> a Mars Gemini. I know my whole chart, but I'm not going to do the rest because I think mean, like, th- those are the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an actor. I am soon to be a wife. My partner is kind of creeping out the door right now love watching her go um I'm a writer and a comedian and I am a frequent guest of many podcasts I used to host a podcast called where are we now where I would chat with other fellow former child actors child stars child tiktokers um Mm -hmm. etc famous uh children with famous parents or yeah I guess we're calling them nepo babies now (laughs) and uh that's you know available to listen to on all the platforms and what I'm about is queer joy meets wellness and spirituality and witchcraft meets just like showing off how fun and simple and easy life can be in a world that feels otherwise really terrible I love I that. Love that. So Leo Aries coded of you. Thank I know. you. <laughs> You've yeah, a great chart. Moon, so I yeah. relate to that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Great chart. I'm such a fan. This is like so cool for me because I grew up like watching you on TV. So the fact that like Katie with the bass is here is the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. So I won't like harp on that. But um, I just think it's so cool to see somebody that I grew up watching now be like online being sapphic and like creating sapphic content and like grow up and vaping on your podcast just please the whole time yeah yeah. I'll go with you I saw you sucking on that thing what flavor well I'm in Arizona so this is actually just weed so it's it's not even a vape just uh just Mine is cool mint. Mine is like a cool minty flavor. Um, Got so addicted to it. I had to just stop doing the fruity ones altogether. And I had to kind of just do the minty ones for now. I eventually hope to quit every year around this time. Like usually like early December, I quit something like a habit that has been killing me uh, (laughs) slowly. Mm -hmm. So like six years ago, I quit drinking. And very shortly after that, I quit smoking weed and, you know, Last year I quit smoking cigarettes and I haven't, I haven't picked up one since and I don't want to, which is great. But I think this year I might drop the vape and try to kind of raw dog life for a little bit. I feel that. Yeah. My partner and I, when we first met, I came to this event that I met her at. It was her birthday party in Uh like clothes from the gym I like she invited me to her birthday party and we hadn't met in person yet and I was just like love that interesting interesting this girl who I know thinks I'm hot and this girl who I think is hot invited me to her birthday party I don't want to like look like I tried too hard so I like just came straight from the gym to her birthday party um, okay 
kind of a weird move. Yeah, like um, a power a little bit. Sort like of you were power like, move. You want to smell my pheromones? You want to smell my pheromones? Like I'm That's just true though. Stopping by. No, there's science yeah. to that. <laughs> and she like roasted me pretty much right away. She was just like, "What did you just come from the gym?" I was just like, "Like literally, yeah." Um, and she was like, she tells me that she was afraid that because I gave off the energy of like healthy lifestyle girly that we wouldn't be compatible but like mm. within 30 seconds of talking to her I pulled out my vape and she was just like <laughs> oh thank god and she pulled hers <laughs> out too and she's like I'm so glad you vape because I thought you were like you know this like sober like healthy like wellness girly and mm. I you know thought you might judge me for being a vapor I'm like no girl I'm a vapor too that's and now we, yeah, and now we're getting married. Mar- literally, we're getting married. So, <laughs> can I ask what is when you're getting married? Like, yeah. yeah, like is are things set? What's, yeah, yeah. Where are you at with everything? Things are set. We have a date. We have a venue. I am going dress shopping next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're. I was going to ask what you were wearing. I don't know yet, but um, two of my hot non-binary friends um we call ourselves the council are (laughs) going dress shopping because I mean I'm the only one out of my family that lives here and I feel like wedding dress shopping with my mom might trigger me for Mm. various reasons Mm -hmm. and I was like thinking I was like maybe I could ask her Kristen my partner's sister to go with me but then I don't think I want her family or her involved in the selection of my wedding dress at all I want mm-hmm. them all to kind of be gooped and gagged by how hot <laughs> I look on the day. Right. Um, we're getting married on yeah. Friday the 13th um, next year in September. Okay. Um, Do you want us to cut that out or? Why? Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if paparazzi are going to show up at your wedding. I don't know. Wedding crash. Maybe I'm thinking I they're might crash it. more than they are. <laughs> I think I you're, I it, think honestly. you, I think that you <laughs> and a lot of people think I'm much more famous than I am. That's which is fair. interesting. I, well, I mean, you're famous to me. So I, I, can't, I feel that vibe though. I'm probably yeah. stalking you more than paparazzi actually are. Krista, like, you know, Instagram. my partner always reminds me that I'm gay famous, um, which is, you know, for our community, of course, very different, like from, Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes I'm like scrolling through Twitter. Oh, sorry. They go by X now. Mm -hmm. Um, but like looking at, you know, little news tweets and seeing like the names of like celebrities that I've never fucking heard of and going, who is that? Right. Um, All the time on daily mail. I'm like, who is this? It makes me feel geriatric. Yeah. Barry. (laughs) Like, who are you? Um, I learned he's an actor. I've seen him and stuff in uh, theaters and on TV. But yeah, then like somebody, I'll be talking to somebody straight and I'll be like going on and on about like Annalie Ashford, who's like gay famous for being on Broadway and like in Legally Blonde, the musical original Mm. Broadway cast and like currently playing Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd. And I'll say the name Annalie Ashford and I'll go, who? And I'll be like, how do you not know that? (laughs) And then you're like, oh, I forgot I'm a theater kid I <laughs> and I'm gay. A gay, famous theater kid. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a former slash current gay famous theater kid? Um, or just a little bit about your career journey in general? <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I mean, I grew up in Chicago, very liberal family. My dad worked at a leather clothing store and his work bestie was a gay guy who was drag queen. So I like, I mean, I grew up like immersed in gay culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my uncle Todd was like, yes, mama. Like, you know, <laughs> so I was just like, what is this about? <laughs> and I always just like felt so drawn to like gay men. And, um, you know, my mom and dad were very quick to point out like, oh, you know, she's a lesbian or like that <laughs> he's gay. Uh, Mm -hmm. talking about certain celebrities like I was in a good way in a good way yeah like I and I was like obsessed with Freddie Mercury as a kid I think my parents like were subconsciously counting down to like okay like she's gonna come out in five four um (laughs) and then I you know I did the music thing growing up um my guitar teacher was very queer coded you know she gave big like sapphic energy i'm still not 100 percent on whether she's queer or not but she she very much was giving that energy and i looked guitar teacher in general immediately like without yeah like to get your doctorate in music like come on (laughs) yeah we know we know there's something there (laughs) yeah um and i just looked up to her so much and i looked up to my second grade teacher so much you know and i i had these uh, kind of borderline obsessions with women, powerful Mm -hmm. women, women and authority figures, you know, that I didn't know that then, but now I know I'm like, oh, it's because I was gay. Yeah. But yeah, I I just remember I was recently reflecting, it was like national coming out day or whatever. And I was (laughs) reflecting on moments in school where girls in my class would be like oh like everybody go around and say your celebrity crush and like the girls would be like oh um usher and justin timberlake and then it gets to me and i would just panic and say like the name of a guy and usually (laughs) it was like the name of a like male talk show host or like a comedian or like once i said lance bass which is hilarious (laughs) famously (laughs) gay man yeah and then when I was in high school, when I started doing musical theater more seriously, I just like fell in love with this girl that I was doing a show with. I was completely infatuated with her. And it was that kind of thing of, do I want to be her or is mm-hmm. there like another thing happening? Mm-hmm. And I realized internally that it was it was the second, you know, thing of no, I have feelings for this person beyond like respect and adoration. And, you know, I see you, you have talent. Um, because that was another thing. It was like, I always was like, oh, like I have a talent crush on Megan Fox, you know? <laughs> but it's like, we all saw confessions of a teenage drama queen. Like <laughs> there's not a lot of talent going on there. It was right. more, um, and same thing with you know, in Mean Girls, I was just so deeply infatuated with Regina George. I was just like, I want her to slap me in the face too. Yeah. <laughs> it was so either funny. like adoration from a place of like, I see you girl, like you have talent and you're pretty and mm-hmm. I want to be like that. Or like you're mean and I'm terrified of you. And those are like the kind of two <laughs> genres of girls that I was like finding mm-hmm. myself drawn to the kind of like authority figures or whatever. Um, or just girls that I saw a little bit of myself in and like my kind of tenacity and drive for art. 
And by, I want to say it was like end of my sophomore year, I was playing in this band and there was a night where we were all at a party and we were all pretty drunk and I was dared to kiss a girl and I was so quick to be like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> no, I feel that so hard. I kissed this girl. I don't remember her name. I barely remember like what she looks like, but just like the softness, I was like, yeah, this I much prefer. Cause at that time I had, I had like made out with boys and like fooled around and whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was very into like sexting boys and then ghosting them in high school um, mm-hmm. and like never actually doing anything with them, but like, mm-hmm. you know, leading them on to think something was going to happen. And after that, I like, I had sex with a girl before I had sex with a boy. And Lux. then, yeah. <laughs> but then when I went to college, like, and I had sex with a boy for the first time, I was like, wait, that's it? Like, and then, it, oh, it's not like a you go, I go situation. Yeah, it just so, happened. <laughs> um, I was like, okay. And I identified as bi for, you know, many, many years. I mean, I went to prom with a girl my senior year. I'm jumping all over time-wise, but like I went to prom mm-hmm. with a girl my senior year. And I remember like, her sleeping over and my dad was like well I can't even be mad at you because you're like not gonna get pregnant and that was like my biggest concern about you on prom night um and and then the girl like cooked um like waffles for my family the next day oh it was so sweet that is so like yeah yeah she was like pretty butch and like you know very like Mm -hmm. cyclist vibes and she worked at this bagel shop and yeah um she was just like in my friend group and and I was just like looking for a prom date and I was just like oh like they're kind of cute like why don't I just ask them like what the heck Mm -hmm. like fuck it I went to a pretty like I went to a Jesuit Catholic school for the first two years of high school and then I transferred over to a public school and the public school was like you know very like diverse and like had a gay straight alliance and Mm -hmm. all of that (laughs) and oh baby I was in it I had the legalized gay shirt (laughs) And was like, but I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, bi. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, that was literally me. I was, I yeah. thought I was straight though. Really? It's like I'm an ally, even though yeah. I just kiss girls for fun. It's so That's stupid. big Taylor Swift energy. She gives <laughs> oh, the I energy of that. like president of the GSA. I I don't you don't like her. I'm like, no, not that. She doesn't have the same energy, mean, energy as Taylor's. No, but no, the thing no, is, I, though, I, is that 16-year-old me energy. probably had that energy. Yeah, fully. I was like, I just yeah. love drag queens. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've, I feel like I've always had gay friends ever since high school, probably even before, like, you know, in middle school, if I, if I go back far enough and look through the yearbooks, I can probably point out who's gay. There's like that. Yeah, definitely. There was a person in my class in seventh and eighth grade who I was really close with. They were the only girl at the time who wore pants because we had uniforms at Catholic school and they ended up transitioning and now are like living out and proud as a trans man. And I knew before they came to that decision, you know, I I was just like, there's something about you, but I I didn't (laughs) say anything, you know, but Mm -hmm. then like that, that kind of, I see you thing um, started happening more and more for me and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, cut to during the you know, formative early 20s, I was just 
down to experiment, down to hook up with whoever. I was like not very um, responsible um, during that period of my life because there was a lot of drugs and alcohol involved. And I was in many relationships with people who didn't know they were in a relationship with me and vice versa. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of me chasing unavailable um, people, um, being in relationships with men, cheating on them with women on the side and then being like, eh, it doesn't matter because it's a girl. Uh, it is so <laughs> stupid uh, to sort of be like that, but you know, whatever, love and light. Um, I wish them well. <laughs> I really do. I wish them the best, but yeah, I moved to LA me just telling my whole life story. Um, I moved to LA in <laughs> no, here for 2017 it. for a job and immediately- And you were how old at this point? 25. Okay, and okay, yeah. I immediately felt this kind of spiritual like hole, this void that I had been filling with alcohol, drugs, people, places, and things for, I mean, more than a decade. Because I had my first drink when I was like, 11 <laughs> child star vibes yeah. um, <laughs> when I moved back to LA after like being gone for so long I just felt this like immediate need to get better and be healthier I mean mainly because this woman um, that I was doing this play with like she was like getting her wig put on before the show one night and she goes um, I heard, I overheard her say to the wig girl, like, oh yeah, I don't really drink because it shows up on camera. And I was just like, I have to stop drinking immediately. Oh, and that was kind of the first thing that I let go of. And the second I let alcohol go and other hard substances that I was using, it opened up the door for my life to just expand and get so big. Yeah. And it also opened the door for me to realize that I was using alcohol to numb out how much I did not enjoy having sex with men. Mm. Um, so yeah. pretty much right after I stopped drinking, I went celibate for a little while and then um, the pandemic happened. So I had like a good, you know, long period of time to reflect on how I wanted to date when I was ready to. And I pretty much was just like, yeah, I'm going to set my settings on the dating apps to only women and non-binary people. And now it's, you know, very clear to me that this whole time I was dealing with that comp het thing of like dating guys out of like comfortability or, or mm -hmm. uh, convenience mm -hmm. and also fear of like, you know, men are disposable. Like I could, you know, just like, yeah. you know, they're, they'll, they'll rub some dirt in it and they'll feel better. Um, if I hurt them, but like, I could never hurt a woman, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or I could never let a woman hurt me. Like period. Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all yeah. have like really bad fights with your friends and like, uh, your like <laughs> female friends and like high school and middle school. And like, that was like worse than breaking up with like a boyfriend. Just um, one, but yes. Yeah, I I don't know. I wouldn't say I necessarily had any, like, homoerotic friendships when I was younger. And, like, the person who I would say I was, like, closest to that with is still my best friend. So, you know, I'm kind of, like, a one in a, a million 
there uh but definitely love uh, you babe. love you babe. <laughs> yeah Water i definitely saw <laughs> i definitely saw men as a little bit or i guess i should say boys as mm, not as important to me growing up i feel like i have like a lot of men that were absolutely replaceable meaningless and then there's like one or two that i'm like no, I think that was genuine. And then I'm like, does that make me a lesbian with exceptions? Does that make me pansexual? I, most of the time, I'm like, I don't think I'm a full lesbian. But like, I, I don't know. That's where I like. I oscillate it's, their diagram too. of that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, I I'm not like a hundred percent like completely turned off by men. I am. I find very specific men attractive conan o'brien um you know stop please elaborate like lance bass i don't know he's like tall ginger anybody that gives weasley energy and then like if you've seen my you know photos of my partner she is like a female conan o'brien lookalike it's i can see that actually now that you say it yeah i'm obsessed with redheads um (laughs) it's like you know the Weasleys were formative for me growing up Molly specifically but you know mm-hmm. also like I, I you know Ron Weasley could get it too mm-hmm. um but yeah Plus, you know whatever gender's not real at the end not of the real day. but it's then all... like yeah it's, it's all hair color it's, of course it's all yeah <laughs> it's all hair color it's all down to hair <laughs> yeah. color these days yeah <laughs> but my you know, my other thing is that I I have dated folks of all genders. You know, I've dated women, men, trans women, non-binary people, trans men, people that were mm-hmm. like agender and use neo pronouns. And, you know, I have had attraction to all genders in the past. And like, who's to say that I won't again? Right. Um, it's all fluid and it's ebbing and flowing and growing. And I think for me to just like completely put myself in a box of I am a a lesbian who only is attracted to women only mm-hmm. um not only does it not it's just a lie mm-hmm. like a lot yeah. of my crushes are non-binary bodies like right. myself I was gonna say, <laughs> speaking of like, which yeah. yeah yes please the gender us. journey is different um I was not like a tomboy at all I was not like one of the boys um I I was in a band and was like surrounded by boys and just was like, I hate being the only girl here. But right out of college, I was in this production of American Idiot, the Green Day musical. And one of my castmates, uh, we did like our little cast and crew meet and greet, meet and greet. And everybody was asked to say their pronouns, which I was like, oh, this is new to me. I don't know what this is about. But one of our castmates used they, them pronouns. And I was just like, what is that about? And then I talked to them a little bit. And I was just like, I am uneducated. I would like to know how you came to the decision to go by they, them pronouns. And we had a nice talk about it. And after that conversation, I was just like, wait hold on like kind of me too and again I've like ebbed and flowed with the the pronoun thing of like being staunchly they them being she they he um being 
she only. <laughs> um, but now I'm just like, I don't care. Um, I, I feel like it's a deeply personal thing, you know, mm-hmm. and one day it could be different and the next day it could be something else. And now it's like, if I'm asked my pronouns, I, I will literally just be like, oh, anything is fine because I truly do feel that way. And my friends, like, if they know, they know. But when my partner speaks about me using they, them pronouns, I know it gives me a, like, little feeling of euphoria. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel any kind of dysphoria hearing she or he (laughs) or they. So it's just all very neutral now. But yeah, there were periods of time where I was very staunchly like, no, do not misgender me. They, them only. And and ultimately it just like led me to like more anger and resentment than I really had space for. Mm. And it was a lot of me being like, well, I mean, yes, like we shouldn't be assuming people's genders, but like for a boomer or like gen x or like an even an elder millennial to see me the way i present and clock me as like a woman and a she her person isn't that insane that's like not mm-hmm. insane at all like you know i'm like yeah well, if you i wanted it. to be like in your pronouns and really be like this is what i want to go by that would be fair but if you're if you're feeling like you know what 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 i would respectful, rather i feel okay with that's you know, I still think educational for older generations still. 1000%. And, and yeah, like even, even people my age who are not queer, you know, when they see they, she in my bio, um, it's funny because they'll, they'll introduce, oh, this is Rivka. She's, I mean, they, what do you, what do you, are you? And I'm like, <laughs> literally Ugh. anything Chill. is good. Anything is good. I do not care at this point. Um, you know, there are certain gendered phrases that give me the ick, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. classify it as dysphoria. Like if I'm in a room full of feminine presenting folks and the facilitator comes in and goes, hey ladies, that is Mm -hmm. an immediate like ick for me. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's really like I think it's just like the nasally, like, ladies. <laughs> yeah. We actually did a non-binary specific episode, and I was the only one on that episode who identified as non-binary or used any sort of alternate pronoun. But I pulled a few questions from that episode because I wanted to get your takes on a few of the things. And one of them was what's the best way to acknowledge it when you misgender someone. And I think in that episode, we acknowledge that the best is going to vary from person to person. But in the past, when you have like been very specific on what pronouns you do or do not want to be called or you know, if someone said, hey, ladies, and then they were like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that with you in the room, how would you have preferred for them to go about, like, moving yeah, forward Yeah, I that? think moving forward, it's it's just acknowledge, move on. Mm-hmm. Don't do the over-apologizing that makes <laughs> yeah. it about you. Don't, you know, do the whole, I, I hate when people, uh, she, I mean, they, ah, I'm a fucking idiot. It's like, why Mm -hmm. it's not about you Mm -hmm. just like chill 
be a human, be a fucking human. That's my right. advice for anybody who misgenders something. Be a person. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't perform <laughs> your um apology. apology <laughs> yeah. Um, and and your ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, don't double down on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is there anything that you can think of that a person who's trying to be an ally has done that they thought was helpful, but you found it harmful actually? I know that might be a little hard to think of something right off the top of your head. No, but... I have it. I mean, okay. there's the classic like, hey, she goes by they, them, so you have to respect her. Um, yeah. That would be like the prime example. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, girl, like you tried, but you don't need to try that hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try to keep your mouth closed. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I can speak for myself, too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. It's like, <laughs> I see this on my TikTok a lot when people are in my comments like yes queen or like hell yeah girl um I'm fine with that I don't care but then I'll see like people who follow me and like know about my gender journey like just so you know Rivka's non-binary and like prefers Mm -hmm. they and she pronouns it's like it's sweet I get it the you know I appreciate it but it's like Mm -hmm. not necessary and I think like letting people speak for themselves is kind of a great thing that not a lot of people do in the age of mm-hmm. um, social justice warriorship and and performative allyship and um, comment section goblinism. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like get get a hobby. I don't know. Do a yeah. crossword. Right. Off the social media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you're gonna go by wife. You said. Is that a conscious choice or like, cause you could do well, spouse or like, you know, do you my, do girlfriend now? Like what's the term? I, my partner and I are both she, they, they, she vibes. And, okay. you know, we call each other like guy, like, you know, Hey guy, like, do you want to make me a gold cheese? Or like, um, <laughs> I love like, that actually. Yeah. And she's, she's my girlfriend, but she's also my husband and Mm -hmm. I'm her boyfriend, but I'm also her wife. And, um, Mm -hmm. we're, we're using fiance because like, I don't know, it kind of sounds rich to say like my fiance, Mm -hmm. say it as you do your hair like that and like show the ring, you know, um, worldly, worldly, um, yeah. Fiance partner, the word spouse. I don't like it. It reminds me of blouse or like Mm. mouse I don't know (laughs) okay mouse um have you met anyone who I guess would be in the non-binary category who didn't like the word partner or like asked you to use another phrase like I guess met is not the right word but like dated dated somebody Yeah. yeah yeah um no, I feel like there's like a thousand words for partner and mm-hmm. I love to use them all. Mm-hmm. You know? My boo. Yeah. <laughs> My slam piece. That's fun. I like That's a good sl- one. I haven't heard that forever. <laughs> Main squeeze. <laughs> My lover. Yeah, lover. <laughs> Don Denbo and my lover Cindy. Yes. Um my yeah, lover. I love lover. Lover. <laughs> yeah. Kristen and I called each other lover boy for a, a while. Aww. We were in the courtship phase. I uh I saw somebody but my date mate and I hated that. Um Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Like it doesn't have I to used rhyme. To use cutie pie a lot with my girlfriend. My yeah. <laughs> 
my friend, <laughs> my friend who's um, polyamorous was, uh, we were catching up and she was just like, yeah, one of my sweeties and I Aww. went to a Lakers game and blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's, that's cute. Sweetie's cute. I just want you to know that after we're done recording, I'm definitely going to go downstairs and call my girlfriend. I'm going to be like, hey, big guy. And I just want to see, I, I know you said guy and not big guy, but like, I feel like she's like very petite. So I think she'll like that. <laughs> I think she'll like that. And I'm not petite. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a tall, like, um, velociraptor. I'm um, I'm five, nine and a half. Oh, wow. That is tall. And I do tend to wear a platform. So I skew like, you know, five, 11, six foot, depending Love on the that. day. Um, and I am, I am like a velociraptor of a person, but I, mm. when my when I come home, sometimes my partner is like, hey, tiny. I love Aww. that. Or like, hey, little guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the that's a fun and kind of, you know, some people might think it's gross. I don't know. How did you all feel about the love surge uh, couple on TikTok? Did you see that? Okay. I, I'm seeing a oh cringe. My God. I'm seeing a big Actually, cringe. Well, they were hetero, so it was cringe to me. At least the mm-hmm. one I saw. I don't know if, like, maybe you saw parody or something. But hetero no, 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 couple no, no. to me yeah, was Yeah, that's cringe. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think we, that's the like, issue. We, like, do that, but it was more, <laughs> yeah, like, I think it would have been less cringe to me because it was the way they went about yeah. it. And I could just see a lesbian couple going about it in a way that wasn't cringe. Yeah. That's hilarious. I, that's that how I felt. Up. I'm like, the concept of the love surge is not foreign to me. Mm-hmm. My partner and I can be, like you know, strong, independent, like producers and like hot business women externally mm-hmm. to everybody that knows us. But if people like knew the way that we talk in our house, I feel like we right. would be absolutely like right. near campaign, crucified. crucified. <laughs> um, that and, and something else that I was reflecting on was like, people think like lesbian relationships are so hot and it's so sexualized and like over like sensationalized on tv and in movies and Mm -hmm. stuff by like these elongated like scissoring scenes in movies and stuff and like you know Sarah Ronan sitting on Kate Winslet's face Uh um and that is sure yeah there there is parts Mm -hmm. of lesbian relationships that are like that but then there's also the part where when Kristen and I get home from being at a bar we both immediately strip naked in our living room, run into our bathroom, turn the shower on as hot as possible, grab our toothbrushes and brush our teeth so hard. She's like brushing her teeth so hard. She's like, like gagging. (laughs) We're like blowing snot rockets into our hands and like crouched over like little Mm -hmm. goblins. And I'm like, if people really like knew what girls do in the bathroom like and then like make it two people like doing that yeah like what gross little gremlins we are in relationships yeah like you know, taking I our woke out. my girlfriend up with my farts this morning and I was like you still love me right and she's like yes you're hilarious and I was like thank you because that was gnarly what you just witnessed every morning it's the same thing I'm I'm Jewish so I have like you know a Jewish stomach and and I eat like I mean, I eat everything I shouldn't. Um, and I have the like gnarliest, gnarliest mm-hmm. gas. And yeah, every time I, every time I, you know, let one rip, I'll, I'll say something to the effect of like, do you still think I'm hot and sexy? Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> every time. Or I'll do like, um, have you seen that video where the little girl farts and she goes, I don't know what was that. I'm scared. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but now I'm going to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love that. The the freedom that, is so nice, though. The freedom is so nice. This is my first. This is also my first serious relationship ever, I want to say, Word. because mm-hmm. all other relationships I've had with women were behind my boyfriend's backs or behind their boyfriend's backs or like in a polythreple like and you know no shade to polyamory it works for a lot of people for me I was kind of using it as an excuse to like never get too committed to anybody which is in my opinion that's not polyamory that's like Mm -hmm, you know just having a lot of sex and like (laughs) that was leading me to more just more numb and like sometimes cum ain't worth the numb honey <laughs> say you it tell again cum <laughs> ain't worth the numb channel yes. that was channeled from <laughs> god herself yes <laughs> can i ask um this is kind of going back to when you were talking about sobriety but do you have a hard time finding queer spaces well I I don't know you're in LA so I think it might be slightly easier for you but like how is it dealing with the alcohol centrism in the queer community and navigating that it's it's really nice I mean I, I will say like I don't mind being around people who are drinking. I don't often find myself wanting to drink. This season is an exception to that because I love like hot toddies and like mold, Mm. you know, mold wine and stuff and like winter Mm. drinks. Um, Mm. But and like Irish coffees. But I I mean, I'm not going to like go and have one because I just I can have literally anything anything I want and they make so many like non-alcoholic spirits now Mm -hmm. I have like a bottle of fake whiskey in my fridge right now that I could probably make an Irish coffee with and it would be comfortable um and no consequences right like no hangover Mm -hmm. and regretting everything you've ever done in your life (laughs) literally but (laughs) Yeah. yeah as far as like sober community queer community in LA um my biggest thing is like, if I'm not feeling like I have a seat at a table, I just build my own table. Mm -hmm. And my fiance and I are both sober. We have this monthly full moon party in Los Angeles. If you're listening and you're in LA, um, we do them every month on or around the full moon. And our Instagram is at howl.party.la. Howl is in like werewolf howl at the moon Mm -hmm. um and and we do them every month and and we make the conscious choice to do it at a bar or venue that has mocktail options has food and we also bring in activities that folks can do that don't involve getting wasted Mm -hmm. um you can get tattoos tarot readings astrology readings there's a medium that comes and does medium readings and reiki and we bring um like friendship friendship bracelet set up, you know, for people mm-hmm. to make their little friendship manifestation bracelets. And we we are very lucky, you know, I I surround myself with sober people because if I am not constantly checking in with folks who have, you know, been in the same position as me. I mean, I, I like have serious addiction issues and the opposite of addiction they say is connection. And so when I'm mm-hmm. connected when I'm in connection with other recovering addicts um, and being of service to the newer person in the room, especially like if I go to 
like a meeting and there's like a new person who's gay, I'm like instantly like, Hey, let's be buddies. Like, let me get your number and call me if you need anything. And, you know, if you need a queer meeting, I have a whole list of queer friendly and queer only meetings in LA. We're lucky that we have spaces in Los Angeles, like junior high and like stud country that yes, stud country is a line dancing um, night that's in LA every Monday and Thursday. It's so fun. It's queer. My girlfriend would eat your that. Instagram uh, looks so fun. <laughs> it's my new addiction. I'm yeah. like, you know, hungover from it this morning, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Wait, that reminded me, my best friend just sent me a video of you doing some line dancing and was like, is this what your girlfriend wanted to do? And I was like, yes. And also that person's going to be on the podcast soon. <laughs> Wait. So it's like a little two for one Ooh. deal. No, no, about you. <laughs> yeah. This is when you forget you're famous. I see it. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're like, who's going to want it? Wait, Who? um literally you bitch um yeah um but the line dancing thing like that is an activity that I feel like I can bring my newly sober friends to because I personally wouldn't want to be line dancing while drunk because there's a lot of spinning involved I'm you know not trying to throw up while boot scooting and boogieing with my six to 25 best friends um and There are a lot of fun things in LA that you can do without being absolutely blacked out. You know, I I subscribe to little email lists run by queer folks who are in the know about the fun events. And yeah, a lot of them are parties. A lot of them are like big fucking ragers, but I just have, I've lived here for six years. I have met so many people who are in recovery or recovery adjacent where they just like don't drink because it doesn't suit them anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, you know, excited to see them when I'm at one of those parties that's kind of getting out of control. Like, you know, one of the parties that my fiance and I host is at Honey's, which is this like brand new lesbian bar in LA. And it's a rager. And, you know, it's thrown by two sober people and how people get so fucked up at it. I have no idea. I think it's because I'm DJing and I'm putting on like the sluttiest, absolute sluttiest music from like kind of like 90s, 2000s, 2010s. What's the sluttiest song you can think of? I know you're like- Gasolina. The- okay. Oh, Fair. yeah. Okay. We line dance to Gasolina now. I, I <laughs> So at the last um, Honey's party I threw, Gasolina came on and two of my friends that I regularly go line dancing with, we like were listening to it. And I was just like, oh my God, wait, try this line dance. And it worked really perfectly. So now wow. we told the like hosts of Stud Country, like, can we try this to Gasolina? Yeah, not me being like so nerdy and autistic about line dancing. I, I could, I really could talk about it forever. Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, as far as th- this is where now like the the sober events and you know sober community, I've got I've got that down. Now I'm like seeking neurodiverse community and and. Last night I was having a little bit of like overload and like feeling kind of nonverbal and like I had talked all fucking day yesterday. I mean, I had had, you know, two back-to-back um, production meetings for two, you know, projects I'm working on and and a meeting like with a friend who wanted to like pick my brain about getting famous on TikTok. I was just like, I'd be a, a child star um, who everybody loved in 2003 and then fell off the face of the earth for <laughs> two decades and then come back 
as a 30 year old woman on TikTok and be hot and a lesbian. Uh, I was like, is that helpful? Uh, (laughs) um, I hate when people ask me how I got successful on TikTok. I'm like, bro, like, I don't even know. I you think it started it's like, with some notoriety. I can't to help I, you unless I you have can't a time help you. <laughs> I literally can't help you. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was feeling so like overstimulated at, at the line dancing thing. And um, one of my friends who's in the council of um, who's in the council, mm-hmm. who's going council. wedding dress shopping with me, um, who's also like neurodiverse on the spectrum. They were like, do you have the apps? And I was just like, what are the apps? And they showed me these like apps for when that they use when they go nonverbal. It's mainly like, you know, just like typing things out. And then it like says it out loud in like the AI voice, which is kind of funny Mm because it'll be like, I'm feeling nonverbal tonight. I'm not mad at you. I love you. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, But, you know, it's nice to, again, like that, that feeling of, addiction is like doing whatever you can to just like distance yourself from yourself. And when I am in community with and connection with folks who have dealt with the same issues, I immediately feel better. And I think the same can go of like any mental illness or, or neuro spiciness um just like finding a person who has the same diagnosis as you and being like hey this is what i do when i'm feeling xyz Mm -hmm. what do you do and comparing your strategies for how to like navigate life and make life easy and fun and simple yeah 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 for sure so what's something you wish you could go back and tell your younger self or what's something you wish you could tell other queer people, whether that be younger queer people, people just recognizing their queerness, anything of that nature, we'd love to get some advice from you. Absolutely. I see this the same way I see sobriety and recovery, um, that it's all the, it's, it's all a journey. It's all a process. It's not an event. You don't just come out and then that's it. You don't just get sober. You don't just make a decision to, you know, turn your, your life over to some, force or power outside of yourself once it is a daily mm. process it is a daily recovery it is a daily reprieve so whatever it is that you're going through in this phase of your journey just know that sometimes up isn't just like a straight up and down it's it can be a spiral um staircase around a mountain um rather than just like a straight up and down ladder I love that I love yes. that I know you mentioned being in the works for different projects, and I know you have that short film, Gianna, right now. Um, thank you so much for naming a character in the film after me. That was so nice. Yeah, when I watched, you. I screamed. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, are Gina. You like, right? Are you getting like deep into filmmaking? Like, what kind of a journey are you? Like, are you going to do longer productions? Because you had some, you had a big name in there. I noticed. You know, yes, on your, yes, the on your amazing Margaret Cho. I Love. was very intentional about my casting. I wanted all queer women of color in the um, principal roles, and you know, when I was casting the therapist character, I was just like, I want a stand-up comedian. And originally I was going to pitch to Ali Wong, but I don't think she's queer. So I was just like, oh my God, I know Mm -hmm. Margaret because Margaret's also sober and, you know, we're Mm -hmm. both in the comedy world. 
And I just DM'd her on Instagram. I was like, Hey, like, would you be down to do this? Like quick zoom thing? Um, it would be like in a feature and you'd be paid for like, just like the normal SAG day rate. Um, just to like play my therapist for this like silly short film that I'm making. And I sent her the script and she immediately was like, I'm in, which was such an honor. I mean, I cried when I found out she, uh, her team like was all, uh, approved approved of the whole thing and that they were all kind of stoked about it and so fun she was incredible her dog was in it too um lucia what an icon and the um film is a short film i hope to with gianna i don't know that i would make that a longer form project as as much as i could see it going that way and Mm -hmm. there is a world in which gianna does um become a feature um, it's just very expensive to do the doubling and to do all that VFX mm-hmm. stuff. And and it's just really yeah. time consuming for me to have to switch in and out of Gina and Gianna. But mm-hmm. I mean, of course, if I were given a, a sizable, sexy budget to do it, I would. Um, and because <laughs> you need a scene where you fucked yourself. I mean, I, that's all that was missing for me, really. Yeah. Like we that were, so, was, you edged us. We were, yeah. So right. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is um that is in the the kind of outline of the feature, um kind of in like a moment of like, what am I supposed to do with you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you want to do with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But yeah, that's a work in progress. Um, just expanding like what it could look like if Gianna were to become a feature. If somebody sees the short and goes, "Hey, what do you think about?" making that a longer thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But in the event that that doesn't happen, I have another feature in the works. I have two features in the works actually in a pilot. The pilot is more semi-autobiographical as well. It's kind of about like the whole child star thing. Although I feel like it's a trope that, you know, is pretty common. So I'm kind of futzing with more of like a magical realism element to that as well. I think that the thread for me is this magical realism thing Um, Mm -hmm. or like, yeah, just like weird kind of thrillery moments. Mm -hmm. Um, My partner is a filmmaker as well. And we oftentimes are brought on to our friends projects to produce because we've got, you know, decades of uh, on decades of experience in the industry and she's an incredible producer director as well and actor and right now we are co-producing um one of our best friends short film that's called are you fucking kidding me it's about a uh, depressed birthday party clown who finds out his mom's on her deathbed and has to do whatever it takes to get a plane ticket home to mm. see her And um, Kristen and I are co-producing that. I'm also starring in it and that's coming up. And I'm also going to be acting in another short film that I'm exec producing called Scalped. And it is a short about Swifty culture, basically. Um, (laughs) It's like a horror film about this group of friends who is desperate to go see their favorite pop stars last show before she retires and they will do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. maybe murder some boys to get the tickets. I love that. Yikes. Stacked yeah. cast. It has a stacked <laughs> yeah. cast. And I can't even, I, I mean, I can't say who's in it right now, but there's some good ass people in it. And I, you know, had the honor of 
you know, being brought in to do casting for it. And I love casting because then I can just DM my friends Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, put the people that I love in the projects that I want to see succeed. Yeah. Oh, I also would love to plug my feature that I start in. It's called Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Long Mm -hmm. title. We premiered at Sundance. Um, Andrew Bowser wrote, starred in, and directed it. He is amazing. His beloved internet character, Onyx, has this wacky, funny horror movie out on Screambox, and that'll be streaming by the time this episode comes out. Um, So yeah, get the trial, watch Onyx. And there are probably some other amazing, like kind of um, underground indie horror movies on there if you're uh, uh, into spooky movies. And if you're not as into scary movies, but you loved um, (laughs) Scooby-Doo or Gremlins or Beetlejuice growing up, this is the movie for you. It is like Willy Wonka meets Beetlejuice meets Scooby-Doo. It's super fun. (laughs) Lots of puppets and like goofy practical effects that I think the horror nerds and just like movie fans of films that were done in the 80s and 90s will really appreciate. I play a non-binary witch in that movie. So definitely check that out. Um, So you play yourself? Is Literally, I, I play myself. It is giving self-titled era. I love that. And where can our listeners find you if they want to follow you, if they want to be part of your uh, TikTok following? Um, not yeah. Future filmmaking. Comments. Yeah. TikTok yes. and Instagram, it's Rivka.Reyes. X, I'm on, you know, kind of just dumping my thoughts out and deleting them pretty much right after I tweet them. Mm-hmm. Um, but my X is just Riff Correa's. There's no dot. Um, I'm on Cameo. I'm on OnlyFans. I am the host of a monthly full moon party if you're in Los Angeles or visiting Los Angeles and looking for something fun to do. You can visit our Instagram. It's howl.party.la. And... I don't think I left anything out. Amazing. Thank you. All right. So running through our plugs super quick. You can follow us anywhere online at Sapphic Survival Guide, except for X, which is just at Sapphic Survival. Bonus content is patreon.com slash Sapphic Survival Guide. You can DM DM us any of your questions. You can send us an email. You can send us a voicemail at 724-209-8877. And you can find me anywhere online at The Libra including my website, thelibragina.com. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian on pretty much any social media platform. I'm chronically online. <laughs> and with that, class is now dismissed.